Welcome to episode 9 of the Stay Humble podcast. Today's episode is with Hull's grime artist Shadow Rocker. In this episode, we discuss how Shadow found his purpose in music. We discuss the current situation during lockdown and what the challenges that Shadow has faced. And finally, we discuss what Shadow has planned for the future. I hope you enjoy this episode. Right, welcome to Stay Humble podcast, Shadow Rocker. Right, the first thing I would like to start with is a free word check-in to ask how you are feeling about today. I would say the three words that are describing my mood today is upbeat. Uh, that's because I've just finished a track uh, and I'm very happy with how it sounded. I'm just in the studio at the minute. Uh, so, yeah, I've just finished a track and I'm very excited how it sounded. I only finished writing it yesterday, so I was a bit dubious of how it would sound, but it sounds sick. I would say excited uh, because I've got a new track coming out this Friday called Save You A Taster. So I'm, I'm excited to see what people are going to uh, sort of think about that track. But then obviously a little bit of nerves as well. So nervous because yeah. obviously you never know, people might not like it. So, but yeah, that, I would say them three words describe my mood at this current time. No, this this sounds really exciting opportunity for yourself at this current moment. Obviously, with the uh, new track on the way and that you've recorded one, I think that's really promising for yourself. And what I wanted to just delve into was the main part of this sort of conversation was that I wanted to find out where you first sort of like got into the music industry and found your your purpose. So can you just elaborate a bit like how you first got involved in this sort of... So I first got into music, I would say, when I was about... 15, yeah, 15, I would say I started like messing about with lyrics. I was like going to house parties. Uh, and at the time, one of my friends, uh, he was a rapper at the time and he was, he was making, he was making a locally in the schools and stuff. And obviously I always just really enjoyed his music and he sort of influenced me to start doing this stuff. And, yeah, like it just went from strength to strength. I wasn't really taking it too seriously. Then I was sort of like freestyling and not really writing anything down. Uh, but people were saying I was quite good, but I, I was just like laughing that off sort of. And then my friend said, mate, you're going to have to start actually writing lyrics down and, and start formatting songs and and actually rapping in your own accent as well. Because at them, them times there, I was rapping in an American accent because obviously I was just used to listening to American music yeah. back then. So he was like, mate, you need to cut that out. So I did. Uh, and then I think I came out with like my first song, my proper song. And I, say, I say a song, but it wasn't even really a song. It was me rapping on a, over a rapper called Fabulous. He had, a, he had a song at the time called Round and Round. And we all used to love the instrumental. So I did my own version of that track. I went to London to one of my friend's houses and I recorded, uh, I recorded my, my first track called Dreams. And I thought I was just a celebrity. I thought like I was just gonna, I was, I thought I was ready for the, the music business at 16, 15 with this, with this track, how wrong I was. Uh, but it got a lot of love in Hull, like locally, like in my like sort of the circles that I sort of hung around with and in like the house party scene. And then I just kept on writing bars and writing more and more and more. Me and Crafty and another kid called Rory and another kid called Josh, we formed like a collective called Lockdown. Yeah. And 
I'd say, what would I say? I'd say like 2011 is when I sort of started taking it a little bit more serious. I'd just finished uni and I released a thing, uh, well, not a thing, a mixtape called Not Your Average Spitting. And I sold like over like 300 copies. I used to like go with my backpack, walking around the city centre, going to nightclubs and selling these CDs for £3 a pop. Uh, and then from there, it just went from strength to strength. I released an EP called Wear Create. I went, I started going to the Warren in town using their free studio. Met, met people like Stuart Baxter. And then just after that, that's when I met D's kid. And then lockdown sort of went from strength to strength. So yeah, man, that, that's, that's just a little, little bit of a story. No, it sounds really interesting that background of how you got into that sort of thing and realised like, you know, found, like finding Ike that you needed to focus more on like the type of way you spoke on your lyrics, like you say, yeah. using an American accent and went more to, you know, to your roots and your whole accent. Um, mm-hmm. What were the sort of influences as well at that time, like getting you into that sort of scene? What was you listening to? What was your, um, you know, what was then things that you w- was influencing that? I was a big, big Nas fan. The listeners who don't know, he's like one of the forefathers, in my opinion, of sort of like 90s hip hop. He was like the guy who came before like your Biggie and your Tupac. Like he, he's, he, in my opinion, it was his blueprint, what a lot of rappers followed, even Biggie, in my opinion. Uh, he came out with an album called Illmatic, which is just an absolute legendary album. But yeah, people like him, Tupac, Biggie, people like Jadakiss and Styles P and yeah, like I was listening to loads of people, Lauren Hill, Mace. This was, this is like my beginnings. And then I started listening to more UK music. I would say when I was around 16. So like you Dizzy Rascals, your Wileys, uh, like people like Crazy Titch, Kano, people like that, man, like Channel yeah. U played a big part in my upbringing and a big part in all my friends' upbringing. Like, yeah, Channel U on Sky, like, that's when we first heard, like, UK rappers, like, really killing it and having actual music videos. So that took, like, a that 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 was, like, a big influence on, on me and my friends growing up. Yeah, and and when did it sort of, sort of take and sort of going from, obviously, like you say, you did a few bits and, and Bob's, like, obviously, while she was, at, like, at university and stuff like that, when did it start happening where you were, like, taking it more serious, like, going, like, sort of in a, into a turning pro, in a sense, in terms of your... So, like, so from 2011, I released my mixtape, then I released Workrate, I think, in 2013, and then that's when I started, like, gigging yeah. a lot around the city, and... I really started getting a real good feel for it. And bearing in mind back then, like there was, I mean, there was the local rap scene, but no one was really putting in the work like I was. Like I was like going everywhere around the city trying to get a gig, like open mic nights. I was doing gigs where there was barely no rappers on the bill. It was just like indie bands and acoustic singers. But I was going anywhere where I could to get my music heard and, I went from there to probably being the biggest artist in the city, uh, just grafting my backside off. And me taking it seriously probably came, I'd say when I released Not Your Average Spit in 1.5, which was probably like 2.16. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, 216, I'd say. And then, like, obviously, the City of Culture year was a big year. I did, like, Radio 1 big weekend. and How, how was that? Can I just ask? Sorry, how was that experience of being able yeah, to perform it was, it was at, like, Radio 1? Yeah, it was a experience, man. Like, I loved it. The, obviously, the only downfall, obviously, I'm, I'm grateful for my... I'm very grateful for having the opportunity. The only annoying thing was, like, I was, like, first on. Yeah. On the Saturday. And anyone who went will know that it was so hard to get in, like, the security checks and the queues... It was very hard to get in, man. So, like, the crowd that I performed in front of wasn't massive. And yeah. I, was on, I was on at the same time as, like, Zara Larson, I think. So, yeah. like, it was very tough. But the experience and the day, obviously, my mum was there, my sister was there, my close friends was there. And, obviously, just to be in front of the BBC cameras and stuff like that, it was sick and it's something that I will always remember. Uh, and it just, like, sort of pushed me and made me think, like, I need to be doing this properly as a living. So it was it was a great experience to answer your question. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, how did that inspire? Did that just make you want to work even more harder in the studio yeah, or yeah, in the gigs? Yeah. You know, it to me, get that. It made me just it just put some more fire in my belly. Like I was on the stage with my DJ and my hype man and my my, my producer and my business partner D's kid. Like it was just great, just a great. The sun was shining. Like I say, like all my family was there. It made me just think like I need to be doing this more. Yeah, uh, and then. I ended up leaving my job post in 2018 uh, to take up music seriously, like as a full-time job. So, yeah, yeah, man, I just haven't looked back. And hopefully I'll never have to go back into uh, employment (laughs) again. Yeah. Um, And like with that... um... As the, like, I mean, I reached out to you, I think, the other month in terms of, I remember hearing, like, obviously one of your songs making Radio 1 on a Saturday night. You know, mm-hmm. like, them sort of, you know, them opportunities now where you're able to get on these sort of mainstream and obviously Spotify as well, like these things that are able to sort of build your profile and hopefully get this sort of, you know, making you even more determined as well. Yeah, it's all sick. Like, I love it for me. It's just yeah. all like a building block, though, like... Me here, I've been on radio on a few, like a lot of times now, one extra, like I've, I've got millions of streams on Spotify alone. Like, oh, like I'm someone who don't really get caught up in the moment yeah. because I'm far from where I want to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, and, and people say to me, Chad, you need to learn to enjoy the moment. Like these are all sick. And, they, and, I, and that's one of my downfalls. I do need to learn how to enjoy now. But I yeah. struggle because... I know where I want to be. Yeah. Is it strange seeing how the industry has changed particularly? Like you mentioned, obviously, like in 2013, you mentioned where, you know, there wasn't many people like yourself performing, you know, grime or, you know, that type of music at the time. And now obviously it's become so mainstreamed. I mean, you're looking at like number of artists now win Brit Awards, they're winning the, yeah. you know, the, the Mercury Awards, even for the yeah. albums. You know, the, the scene's totally changed on its head in the last certainly 10 years, I'd just say. Yeah, definitely. And ob- when I say that, I, I really mean Hull, really. Yeah. Because obviously like in London, the scene's massive. There was de- I'm not trying to make out like I was the forefather of of that no. sort of genre because I wasn't there was miles more people that came before me but I'm talking about just in my city like grime yeah. and hip hop was not really the in thing it, it, it sort of is now but yeah like yeah I'm seeing Stormzy and Dave and all them man like winning Brit Awards and Mercury's like it's sick like it's so inspirational because like UK black music is the most popular music now there's, the, the, the stats are all there like 
we make up most of the of the of, of the streaming world now. Uh, yeah, like we are popular. Like that sort of music is popular culture now, and it's just sick to see, and it's just inspirational, man. But I'm just trying to get a piece of that. Yeah, I don't blame you. And like I say, I've listened to a lot of your music already, and I think it's certainly, certainly great for the city, and certainly think it's pushing towards that sort of, you know, that way. I'd like to see, you know, see that get more, more streaming. Like saying, certainly on the on the uh, national scale. Right. What I would like to ask you now is going away a little bit from this, but just to ask you in terms of the last six months, how has this sort of affected your work in terms of, you know, not being able to probably gig like you would have liked to and obviously doing the festival scene, all that's just been totally kind of just not happened, has it? It's been difficult for lots of musicians and I wanted to get your take in terms of how has that affected you? At first, mate, like, I didn't mind it at first. Like, I was exercising more. Like I took, I'd I, I, I taken up like jogging, like home workouts. Like it was good at first. Like it was just a good time to just chill out and relax and just like sort of reflect. But now I'll be real with you, man. It's doing my nutting, man. It's absolutely doing my nutting. Like I'm missing performing like crazy. Like anyone who knows Chedo Oraka, like you know I'm a beast on that stage and, and that's when our music comes alive. Like, it's all right hearing my music like on Spotify and on YouTube, but coming to see me live is a whole different experience and I thrive on performing live and I haven't been able to do it. It's, it's just frustrating, man. Like, the music industry at the moment, if you're, if you're, if you're like one of the top dogs, like, I suppose it's, it's, it's fine, isn't it? Because you've got the, I suppose you've got the income but yeah. like us lower dogs down here, man, like we need that gig income and we just need to be doing gigs just to have that exposure. Like the music industry has taken a bit of a, a, a beating. It really has. Like everyone would automatically think that streaming would be at an all-time high. And it, it isn't. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's, it's suffered because obviously people are doing commutes yeah. to work. Like it, it's, it's, it's not like that no more, man. But we, we, we just have to just... Yeah, we just have to try and be positive. But yeah, man, it has had an effect on me. Definitely has. Uh, and I just don't know where this new wave of of, of music and outreach, how, how it's going to happen. I could imagine it'd been very difficult for yourself. Like you say, just not being able to do live performances. You probably will have thrived off the energy of the crowd and stuff like yeah. that. And having that sort of environment, you know, that sort of environment, it must be very difficult, like you say, for yourself. Has there been... Yeah, I'm trying to think of like sort of the challenge, challenging things that you'd have had like with that. Yeah, but it's um, even like creating because people say, oh yeah, just go in the studio and we wasn't allowed to go to our studio for ages because of obviously COVID. Our studio is mm. in like a building. So the building was locked up. The landlord will not letting anyone in. Yeah. And then obviously it's hard to keep motivated because all yeah. you're doing is you're just in these four walls. So it's hard to write music. Luckily, I've... I did find pockets of inspiration to write music. I've wrote some of my best music, to be honest with you, I think. But there's definitely been times when I haven't been motivated to do anything. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, yeah, frustrating, man. Like, you can't see family members, you can't see your friends. And all that, all that's part of inspiration as well. When, you, when you're penning stuff down and just living everyday life, it's just stopped. So, like I say, at first, it was cool. I needed the break. But then in the end, it became very frustrating. 
Have you got any more like asp- like sort of things to do that then are you looking at maybe looking at other ways that you could maybe perform for people maybe online or something like you know just to get that feel again you know being able to try yeah and- I mean, we started it we did start at the beginning like we did start we did like some online streams like like we had put you just don't get that same feeling man like we will go again we will probably go again and try and do something i've got a gig this weekend actually at the adelphi it's an outdoor yeah. one, but it's only like what forty-eight people. It's not going to be the same. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So, but like I said, I'm trying to be optimistic and finding ways. I'm trying to find other ways to engage with fans. Like I'm, I'm doing like an Insta live tomorrow, like a dilemma one. Like people sending their dilemmas, and we and, we, and me and someone else are going to answer them. Like so, there is different little pockets of ways how you can engage. We're going to try and launch our website and up the merch game because we did sell a lot of merch in lockdown to be honest with you yeah because we are locked down that's been that's been my collective for, since 05 so people love the name and people have just wanted to have t-shirts to, to, to sort of represent their experience in lockdown so there's definitely been some positives and there's definitely ways how we can engage with the fans definitely no, that's great to hear that you found some sort of other ways of like um, generating yeah. income and obviously generating some sort of interaction with your fans. I think that's really yeah. positive to keep that. Um, yeah, and what yeah. are your plans? And I know like obviously it's difficult at the moment maybe to say what the plans are, your future aspirations, but what have you got in your mindset like that you want to look at in the future in terms of your plans or aspirations? So for me, it's definitely like building a website, a successful <laughs> website. A lot of people are always asking about our merch, and information about us and we haven't had a website man we've been pretty lazy with that so that's definitely one uh music really is the main thing just expect a lot of music like i say i've got one coming out on friday save you a taster then i'll I'll probably have another one six weeks later after that and then six weeks later after that and i'll probably end the year with just a little ep and then just gearing up for 2021 like I'm not messing around. I've got some. I've got some fire in my belly, man. Like, like I'm really. I just. I just think like we artists just need to be releasing now because people want to hear music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, so, they're sick of the same stuff over and over. They want something fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just really just trying to put the city on the map, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking no rest. You're just going to be seeing music, music, and music, and then hopefully 2022. I'll start on an album. No, that's great. That's great to hear that you want to put Hall on the map in terms of the industry. And I think it's great that you've got that in your mind that you want that album and you you want to bring that energy that you've got built up in you. I think yeah, you can certainly yeah, tell yeah, that from what, you. That's what it's about. Like we're from a place where no <coughs> one really well, no one's made it from my genre of music. So I've got a strong sort of pressure on my back. And people say, oh, Chedo, you always put too much pressure on yourself. But you know what? Pressure is, is a privilege. Do you know what I mean? Like, you should be privileged that you've got pressure. And yeah, there's definitely some sleepless nights. And yes, I am too hard on myself, but this is the life I've chose. And I'm not stopping until, like, Chedo Araka and my team are household names. I'm not stopping until we're, like, hopefully soon touring. Like, yeah, man, winning awards. That, that, like, we want, we want all that. And why not? Why not? Tell me, tell me, tell me the reason why I can't do it. 
No, it's great that you you have that aspiration and, and want to do that. I think that's really, really positive thing to, to pass on to the listeners. What I'm going to just do now is ask you a couple of questions. I don't really um, inform you of these questions, but I certainly want to get your perspective. So yeah. the first question I'd like to ask you, I'll probably ask you in a, a different order, actually. But what I'm going to ask you first, what helps you stay humble? What's something that helps you stay humble? I think just my surroundings, my mum. My sister, like, I'm lucky that I've got two women in my life that are very inspirational women and are always very quick to tell me off if I'm being big time or thinking I'm too big for my boots. Do you know what I mean? I'm very lucky. Do you know what I mean? My mum's grafted single parent to bring up me and my sister. My sister's just the most level-headed person I know. Very simple person, like, simple things in life make her happy and when I'm around them too, they always just bring out that humbleness in me. I'm lucky that I've got uh, a good friendship group. Do you know what I mean? Everyone that I, I knock about with, do you know what I mean? Like they're all humble and all like very, very, you know, like just good people. So yeah. that that definitely just, just helps me. It's easy. And that's really good that they like obviously humble you and help maybe in that sort of sort of in the industry yeah. that you're in as well. Um, and yeah, the fi- man, the industry that I'm in, the industry I'm in, nobody's humble, man. It's all about the clout. Everybody's just using people and stuff, man. I'm not, I'm, I'm too clean hearted. So that's sometimes my downfall, people could say in this music industry, like I'm too clean hearted, but I'm a no fool boy, man. That's just, that's just the way I am. Just There's humble. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no. Definitely not. And uh, my final question for you is what another question that I like to ask people is, what does it mean for you to be human? Oh, can you elaborate on that big man? What do you mean? So like, what does it mean for you being like human in terms of, you know, just, you know, what, what does it, what does it make you, I don't know. It's just like, how does that make it, make you feel about that? Yeah. If that can help in any way. <laughs> I know it's a difficult question. man. Like it's a tough question. Like what? Just say the question again. So, what does it mean for you to be human? You know, like I'm, you're like I'm a human, man. You don't know. I could be an alien, like no one knows. Yeah. But now, realistically, though, I, I don't even know. It's a tough question. Like you know what? We're, we're in a world where social media sort of swallows us up and sort of like we're in a world where people feel that they need to be something they're not. Like there's no such thing as normal. We're all weirdos. I'm proud to be a weirdo. Like I don't want to be everyone else's normal. Someone's normally someone's weird. Do you get me? Like we're all weird. We're all unique we're all unique in our own separate ways. And for me, you've just got to embrace it. And it's took me a while to, to say things like this. I'm from like the chav culture, like where if you didn't have a name branded jacket, like, or you weren't known as being a hard man, or like, if you, I don't know, like all the things that don't matter now, now I've grown up now. I'm a big boy. Like I'm a big man. I can look back now and think I'm, I'm happy. I went through that. But yeah. I look back and think I was embarrassing. Do you know what I mean? Like all them things that I used to care about, 
it don't matter if you're yeah. a nice person and you're real to yourself and you're you're you've got your own path and you're you're staying on it and you're not and you're not swerving just to try and fit into sort of what we call normal or to be popular nah man like be yourself there the people who I respect the most, people who be yourself as if you're so to answer your question, what is it like to be human? Be yourself at all times and you you're laughing. That's the true meaning of of happiness, I think. Like contentness, being content is something that gets slated quite a lot. But that's the true meaning of happiness, really. Yeah. Being content with your life and 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 your and yeah, just being content with your life, man. That you're winning. They're the ones that are winning. So, yeah, that's what it's like to be human. That's a cracking answer. That I really agree with what you've said in terms of just not thinking about like, obviously the branding stuff and the social media. I totally, mm-hmm. totally agree. It's all with rubbish, what you said. man. It's all rubbish. Yeah, it's all rubbish, man. It's all on the surface. It's like it's all on the surface, man. It's like not interior. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. It's all rubbish. I ain't got time for it. I don't. I don't care. Like. I don't care. It's, yeah, it's daft. But um, I just want to say, firstly, a big thank you for taking time out of your day to give me time to, to to have this podcast interview. I've really enjoyed, you know, your input and, and giving us a breakdown of like what you do in the music industry and mm. what you are hoping to do in the future is really inspiring. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to sort of give this a little bit of a platform for yourself in terms of where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or you know so you, where to where to listen to your music, for instance, as well. So you can find me anywhere, like on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook. So my, my Twitter and my Instagram is the same thing. It's at Oraka LD. So O-R-A-K-A-L-D on the end. Facebook is Chedo Oraka Official. Uh, I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on Spotify. I'm on everything. Just Chedo Oraka, you'll see me. Subscribe to my YouTube. Follow me on uh, Spotify. I've got a new single called Save You With Taster, produced by D's Kid out this Friday. I don't know when this is going out, but hopefully uh, back before the weekend or other yeah, weekend. Yeah, so certainly. it's probably going to be out. It's probably going to be out when you see this podcast. Yeah, man, just get in touch with me, and yeah, man, I'm, my DMs are always open for for conversation. I'm out here. Trust me. That's great. Thank you very much for your time, Shadow. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me, Dave.